Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, where we take your questions from Sunday's teachings in order to form a dialogue about the scriptures and what God is teaching each and every one of us. Well, welcome everybody to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. This is Sunday. We're recording here at Sunday, September 19th. Uh, This morning, we look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 47, as we are now fully in the world of narrative uh, in the book of Acts. Luke is telling us story after story about what happens uh, in the early church. And so this morning, we, we, we dug into one of those stories. It took 47 verses. And, and we saw the, the, uh, the Spirit of God. When the Spirit came, just as Jesus promised that he would, when the Spirit arrived, uh, that, that the world was changed, that the disciples themselves were changed. And, and really what happened is that they were led into uh, a new sense of lasting community, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we experienced that there are all the nations around them were in Jerusalem at that moment for Pentecost, which is the the Feast of Weeks uh, or the Day of First Fruits, and and they're there to give praise to God uh, for God's um, restoring Israel into a redeemed community. And what happens in this moment is that God fulfills His promise to restore us into a completely redeemed community mm-hmm. in the most fullest sense on this side of of heaven. And so we see the nations that are there; they're they're, they're present, and uh, and God's Spirit does something amazing. Well, I've got I've got uh, Mark Henderson here with That's me. That's me. And uh, Mark, Mark, uh, what's your official title? I am the executive pastor here at Christ Community. Uh, or and usually that doesn't help people say, "What does that mean?" Right? Mark, a- <laughs> Mark wrangles Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep Kyle out of trouble. That's it. That's make it. his life easier when I can. Oh, uh, so Mark, what is your what does your day to day life look like at church? Oh, day to day. You know, it's um, it's a good. A good illustration analogy is I just heard from a friend of mine who has a similar role at a different church is uh, a little bit like a helicopter pilot. So you have to be able to fly up and down uh, really quickly. So you have to get up high, yeah. the 30,000 foot view of what's going on and and where is there really a need. But then at times you have to dive down really low and get into the weeds with people and yeah. uh, and into the details. So it's a balance of those things kind of throughout the week, throughout the day. Neat. Yeah. That so. sounds exhausting. It, it's, <laughs> it's also a and lot of fun. And exhilarating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Both uh, both a fine line it's there. It's a lot of fun. There you go. Most there, days. Most days. <laughs> most days. Well, every day you get to work with me is a lot of fun, Oh, right? totally. 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 Yeah, that's what it says on my notes anyway. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right. Well, so we're Acts chapter 1, one or Acts chapter 2, excuse me, verses 1 to 47 here this morning. Uh, Mark, what's a, what's a question that we got? We yeah, got sent we in? had a, one good question that came in is, uh, just to share a few thoughts on how we as a church process, uh, the idea of, of speaking in tongues. So in Acts yeah. two, uh, this idea is introduced. What do we do with that in, uh, the evangelical free church, you know, denomination tradition? What, what does that look like? So. Where would you where would you begin to answer that question, Kyle? Yeah, no, it's a really good question. It's an important question. It's something that, you know, as we were in the sermon this morning, we talked a little bit about what it means to read narrative, biblical narrative. And and so there's several genres in the Bible, literary genres. Narrative is one of them. In fact, narrative makes up the largest portion of the Bible. Uh, the, in that, in other ways, mm-hmm. say that it's the majority of the Bible is actually narrative. It's story. 
And, and so just like we watch an entire movie before saying we've seen the entire movie, we read an entire book before we say we've read the entire book. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we read biblical narrative, we want to read the whole story in order to understand the parts of the story so that we get the whole perspective. Uh, and, and a lot of times, a lot of confusion can happen when we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's something we talked about this morning in the sermon a little bit. And specifically over, over the gift of tongues here or the presence uh, manifestation of tongues and, and that of a mighty rushing wind. Uh, if, we, if we look... Yeah, here, I'll just read. Yeah, go ahead. Read I'll it. read a couple of verses here beginning of chapter two. Um, yeah, just the first four anyway. How about that? When yeah. the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a source. Came yep. from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared on them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. So there it is, the mention, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Yeah. Uh, And then there's other parts, you know, as it it begins to explain that these were, uh, you know, people heard their language Mm -hmm. from people who shouldn't know their language. You know, that was so it was intelligible speech, it yeah. seems, is part of this this gift of tongues. Yep. So that's what we got anyway in Acts 2. Yeah, so that's what we have here. And and the first part of that we see is that the, the, there came from heaven a mighty rushing wind. Uh, and and then there were there was this manifestation manifestation of tongues as fire, mm-hmm. uh, and that resulted in the manifestation or the gifting of speaking other languages. Mm-hmm. And I think I think we 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 noted it here in the sermon this morning, but but the the mighty rushing wind, the tongues of fire, those are literally called the the technical theological term is a theophany, mm. and that is just the the, the that's man, a big word. That is a big word. Theophany. Theophany. Got it. And it literally means the manifestation of God's presence on earth. Mm. Think of the Old Testament. We said this morning, cloud by day, pillar of fire by night yep. in the Exodus, so that God's people knew that God was literally present to them. That's that's really the same thing that's happening here in Acts chapter 2. The Spirit is physically present, doing a new thing, and and the only way to explain it here is that it is it is utterly divine. And that's the purpose mm-hmm. here. It's not it's not about those that are speaking in tongues or 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 um you know the the, the mighty rushing wind or the, or even mm-hmm. the image of the tongues of fire. It is about that the spirit is working in a way that draws all attention to God, yeah. right? The only yeah. way to explain this is that it is of God. Now, the other thing that, Mark, as you noted here, is that they're literal languages, right? Mm-hmm. And we go to verse 9, we see the list of the of the people and the cultures that are there. Yeah. We've got, uh, you know, Parthenians and, and, and Medes and Persians. Um, we've, we've got... Uh, Visitors from Rome. Uh, we've got uh, mm-hmm. residents of Mesopotamia. We have this. We have this massive list of people, and and their their response in verse in verse uh, seven, they say, and they were amazed and astonished at what they heard, and they said, "Are not all these who are speaking Galileans?" Yeah, right. They're acknowledging these men that are speaking to us in our own language and presenting the truth of Jesus in a culturally relevant way. Mm-hmm. They're not of us. Yeah. They're from Galilee. Yeah. They, these weren't guys who learned this language for this day. Yeah. God is doing this yeah. through them. God is yeah. doing something miraculous here. So I think as we try to pro- uh, process the gift of tongues in our modern context and how we would say it in the evangelical free church or just even in conservative, theologically conservative mm-hmm. evangelical w- world, 
we would say we're open but cautious. Mm-hmm. We are open to God working in exclusively divine ways. Yeah. That's what he did here mm-hmm. for his glory. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened here. Yeah. Right. Um, so we're, we're open to it. That God can still work in miraculous ways. Yeah. In unexplained ways that point to him. Yeah. Including the gift of tongues. Yep, yeah. Exactly. But we are cautious about it. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason that we're cautious about it is because when we get it wrong, we can get it wrong in some significantly harmful mm-hmm. ways and hurtful ways. Um, yeah, I, I mean, for you, Mark, what is you as you pr- process this this yeah. idea, of the gift of tongues? Um, how 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 does it go wrong when it goes wrong? Yeah, that's a good thought. I think just a a d- little discussion here is to think through what are the cautions, right? Mm-hmm. And I, so I think uh, yeah, I think to to overemphasize the gift as uh, you know, in in some circles it might be emphasized almost as a you're not really saved. You yeah. really you don't even have the spirit. Yeah, until you've spoken in tongues. Yeah. So, so really work to develop that gift to kind of verify yeah. your society. that, that to me seems like a, not to seem it, it's an overreach of yeah. what we see in scripture. Amen. So cautious about that approach. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the other you sort of hinted at is a caution that it would point to the, the person or the work here at yeah. church. Like it's our church. It's this building. It's yeah. this person yeah. uh, that's amazing and spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than pointing to Christ, yeah. right? That the Spirit should point us to God, and yep. um, and actually uh, not really pointing to the person using the gift. Yeah, um, they're kind of a secondary uh, part of that. So cautious in that way. Yeah, we are just vessels for the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I think I think you're right. We need to be cautious because we should never elevate the person yeah. for the gifting. But I think again in the text, it's a it's an understandable language. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when we hear about the gift of tongues today, where we talk about it as a prayer language. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, and, and yet Paul tells us in Corinthians, first Corinthians that we, if, mm-hmm. if, uh, if, if we prophesy, if we, if we speak in the utterance of tongues, there needs to be someone to interpret it. Mm-hmm. And here in Acts chapter two, they interpreted it because they understood exactly what these men of Galilee who does, who do, who do not speak their language, mm-hmm. understand their culture. They knew exactly what they were saying. Yeah. Um, I've got a friend who's a missionary. And he was in India, and he had this exact experience. He's on a bus. He felt like the Spirit of the Lord was telling him to begin to talk about the gospel. Mm-hmm. And he did it in the language of people on the bus. Oh, wow. It wasn't, he just said, man, I just felt like, I felt like I needed to share the gospel in this moment. And and his experience of the gift of tongues was, it was a literal language. It huh. wasn't just some huh. some theoretical language. And, uh, and so... You know, did, did he... Feel like he he could understand what he was saying no, also, or he, he thought he was he speaking w- English. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so he's speaking English, but they were hearing it. But they were hearing it in their in their tongue and wow. in their in their literal yeah. language. And I think that's. I, well, I at think, what point did he realize this is fascinating? <laughs> I know. At what point did he realize? No, they're understanding me, and it's not because they all speak English. Yeah, it was actually it was it was later okay. uh, that he understood that they that because uh, there were some that actually responded to the call. Oh, okay. Uh, to repent and believe. And, uh, and it was then he was like, oh, you didn't hear it in English. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> so it was like, and then, and then yeah. again, it's a miraculous appointment mm-hmm. here, right? Uh, or, or divine appointment mm-hmm. as they get off the bus mm-hmm. and the, the people that responded, the men specifically it was a group of men that responded. Uh, there was someone there that they could, that could then translate. Gotcha. And so they were able mm-hmm. to then have this conversation. So. Mm-hmm. God still works in miraculous ways, yeah. um, and I think we should be cautioned to not put God in a box, yeah. 
Uh, but when when it when the gift when a gift like tongues is elevated to uh, give someone else prestige mm-hmm. or power within a group, it was never it's never yeah. been that, and it's never for that. Yeah. It's always for God's good and His glory. That He it, it would go also go along with gifts of of healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're miraculous gifts that God uses to um, uh, to to draw to draw attention to His glory. And, and we see them so frequently, I think, in the book of Acts and in the Gospels because it was relevant in their world. Uh, we probably don't see them as relevant or yeah. as, as often now in the 21st century mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, oftentimes uh, when we see those or hear, hear those stories, they actually become distractions mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. God's sovereign of God's sovereignty and of the gospel, yeah. you know, where you go, oh, no, that's just those crazy people over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. and yet. And yet God still works in those ways. Mm-hmm. And so we should never, we should never limit him to how he can work, mm-hmm. but we, uh, we just need to be cautious that we should yeah. never elevate something. Again, Paul says in, in Colossians or not, not Colossians, excuse me, Corinthians, first Corinthians 13. If I have, if mm-hmm. I, if I speak in tongues of angels or I have utterances yeah. of prophecy, but I do not have love, yeah. then I'm nothing more than a noisy gong or mm-hmm. a clanging cymbal. Mm-hmm. I'm a distraction. Yeah. And so I think that's our caution. That's good. Um, you know, so, yeah, so I yeah. think that's a helpful answer to hopefully uh, to whoever sent that one in. Thanks for uh, yeah. asking good questions. That's a good question. You got us thinking there for about 12 minutes. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we got it solved though. Too, yeah, I think we minutes. saw Yeah, that's good. For sure. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, Mark, I think, you know, one of the other things that we talked about here in the sermon here this morning, one of the other questions that we've got, uh, it's just really this idea about how do we how do we live out truth and grace, mm. uh, or really specifically, John says in, in his gospel chapter one verse fourteen, Jesus came in grace and truth, um, and so you know specifically kind of some of the application of how are we ge- how do we how are we generous with gentleness in a world of mm. outrage, right? Mm-hmm. How am I generous uh, with hope in a world of fear? How do I elevate personhood in a world that dehumanizes? Mm-hmm. Uh, gr- generous with grace in a world of retribution. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, what what those what those early groups saw in this in this early group of Christians is something so fundamentally different than the Roman world around yeah. them yeah. that dehumanized people. Uh, that, you know, that wasn't gracious at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rome is not gracious as a, as an empire. Yeah. Um, you know, but y- yet they saw something so different. How do we mm-hmm. live that out? That idea yeah. of grace and truth. Yeah. What does that look like? Uh, in real tangible, evidential ways, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking of, uh, gentleness in a world of outrage. Um, yeah, I, I think, to, to one degree, it's uh, how we handle ourselves on social media. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a popular place to, uh, yeah, just to air an opinion, you know, to get yeah. conversation going. Some people enjoy uh, a great conversation, so you throw something out there uh, to get a reaction, and yeah. um, and that's exactly what you want. But I think, I guess what I've seen where I people who stand apart to me in that uh, discussion are people who... Um, you are able to to say, you know, you're saying something really strong. I get what you're saying. So mm-hmm. kind of, you're able to say even briefly in this online conversation, I hear you saying this, right? Yeah. You know, as you are so upset, I feel like you're afraid of this. Yeah. Not calling you names or anything, but <laughs> let me respond a little more gently maybe yeah. than some others are doing right now. And yeah. Um, so you know, I think I think gentleness comes out by asking questions. Uh, rather than making counterpoints. Mm. I, so I, you're really trying to further understand somebody uh, is a gracious response. Yeah. Right? So uh, when someone's coming at you uh, yeah. to not 
bristle and be ready to fight back, but to say, hey, there's a lot going on here right now. Yeah. Uh, tell me more about that. Tell you me know, more. Or, yeah. or if this is a bad environment, this isn't the place for this conversation. Yep. Could you call me later? Or yeah, you know, and, and taking that conversation to a different place. Yeah, I think as a couple of ways I see different people uh, display gentleness uh, yeah. in a social media kind of way. But yeah, what other what other come to your mind? Either that platform or maybe in other parts of real life. Well, I think I think as you yeah as you as you kind of talk that through, I think what's important and what we need to remember is that gentleness does not mean a rejection of truth. Yeah. Oh right? no. Just yeah. because I'm gentle. Uh, does not mean that I don't hold truth to a very high regard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I've what I've come to find to be true in my life is that, and I think we've all we all know this. In fact, this is the heart of the gospel: <laughs> is that grace makes truth palatable. Yeah. And if yeah. I really am for somebody's best, then I need to be thinking through uh, everything that they. You know, how can I mm-hmm. reach them? with truth in a way that they will hear it. Right. And that doesn't mean I get everything ironed out in one conversation. Right. 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 Um, I think even, even probably biblically, one of my favorite examples of this in the Bible is in, is in Genesis, right? It's a fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says that, that God waited till the cool of the day Mm. to go Mm -hmm. talk to Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And and so that phrase in Hebrew literally means God waited till they were most ready to talk. Mm -hmm. If there's anybody in the universe at this point that didn't need to be gentle, Mm -hmm. It was God. Yeah. He knew where they were. Mm-hmm. He knew what they had done. Uh, he knew that they had rejected him. And uh, and they're feeling the weight of their shame. They're hiding. Yeah. And yet he goes to them in the cool of the day in the way that makes most sense to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I think it's just that. It's how do I, when I enter into a conversation that I that I see something there where truth is lacking or a perspective is misaligned or, or a perspective that I don't agree with, it's am I, am I pursuing that in a way that, elevates the person mm-hmm. that I'm trying to talk to, mm-hmm. communicates respect, and is it the best vehicle for the, yeah. for the conversation? Yeah. Social media is so often not the best vehicle, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and yet we, we allow it to, you know, we read in our emotions into somebody else's post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and yet you can go, man, you felt really angry there. And yeah. you go, I didn't mean yeah. it. I was just communicating a fact yeah. <laughs> or, or, or something I thought, you know, this, was, was a fact. I'm, yep. I'm stating information, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, like you said, it's the, uh, the environment, this picture comes to my mind of, uh, I grew up in a small uh, middle school in Northwest Iowa. And thinking of like the middle school lunchroom uh, is, oh, yeah. is, so if I stood up on a table and confronted my friend about something they said to me yeah. in front of everybody, yeah. right? Uh, versus is that I might win, I might be right, yep. I might be speaking the truth, yeah. but is this the environment, you know, with everybody watching yes. to really get them to respond and to hear the truth well? Yeah. Probably not. Probably right? And not. that's often what we're doing on social media is the yeah. middle school lunchroom <laughs> Standing <laughs> approach on the table. to an argument, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, so, and so often the gospel calls us away from that, right? Mm-hmm. It calls yeah. us into the... Uh, a, you know, into a gentleness in a world of outrage, mm-hmm. um, into, into presence. Are we generous with presence in a yeah. world of seclusion? So mm-hmm. I don't agree with you. So now I can't be in relationship yeah. with you. And that's often yeah. what is the fruit of sometimes of our, our, our elevated interactions on social media or even via text message and those mm-hmm. kind of things, you know, where we, where we end up beginning drawing lines relationally and we say, you know what, you're not even worth my presence anymore. Yeah. Or yeah. conversely, what actually happens, I think more often is somebody goes, I'm not their group. I'm mm-hmm. not their people. I'm not welcome. Yeah. And and that's a so, tragedy. So should we 
should, should we do better at going out of our way? Right. I know yeah. somebody disagrees with me. I'm going to seek them out, you know, when I see them at the grocery store or I'm in line to pick yep. up my kids from school. Yeah. Instead of avoiding them, waiting on the yep. other side, I'm going to come and kind of approach them. And, I'm going to be generous yeah. with presence. I'm yeah. going to seek you out relationally. And probably when I see that post that you made online mm-hmm. and I disagree with it, and I really want to tell you about why I disagree with it and why I think you're wrong. And I love you, dear brother. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably not going to, I'm probably not going to post it. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to wait till I can say, Hey, I saw this thing you posted. I'd love to have a talk with, I'd love yeah. to talk about it with you. Yeah, that's you good. know, let's meet for coffee or whatever, mm-hmm. because that's going to be so much better. And honestly, if it's really that important, you're going to, you're going to carve the time out for it. Yeah. It takes 30 seconds to post. Yeah. Um, and, and often can lead us into, into some really, really tough places. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, you know, um, and I, I think the other thing that we, as we, as we wrap here up this uh, today, uh, some of these questions about, again, it's how do we step outside of ourselves? So Mark, how do you step outside of yourself? We said love mm. is self-giving. Um, how do you cultivate an attitude of self-giving? Cause I actually think you do this really, yeah. really well. Hmm. How do you cultivate an attitude of self-giving That's a great... um, when people are hard to love? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, for me personally, uh, I, you know, frankly, I was a pretty good kid. Uh, so I, I think yeah. maybe those of you who can relate, who feel like I've lived a pretty good life. I haven't been, uh, in trouble a lot. You know, I've done a lot of right things. That's, that's a little bit who I've been most of my life. Not um, me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think that person can also feel like God's grace carries less weight in my life. He's forgiven me of less yeah. And maybe a little bit more deserve his love. Yeah. It, it can be your attitude. Yeah. And I, so I think for me is recognizing, um, you know, it go into our family tree and realize, man, how in the world did God bring my family out of the different family trees? And how did we end up yeah. all knowing and loving Jesus and yeah. going to church? And what he has really saved me from uh, is still uh, just this vast depth of sin that he didn't need to save me from. Yeah. You know, he put me in a place where I, I could live. So, so this deep well of gratitude and grace, you know, mm. that recognizes, uh, man, God has forgiven me and I totally didn't deserve it. Yeah. And so if that's true, uh, who am I now to hold back, you know, grace yeah. and forgiveness yeah. from anybody else in my life? Uh, is Seriously, is there anything they could do? Yeah. Like anything they could do. Yeah. That's worse than what I've done in my sin that God's forgiven me of. Yeah. Um, and, but you've got to, you've got to stop. I have to stop at times and dwell on that, you know, either in prayer and worship in mm-hmm. journaling mm-hmm. is to be reminded of my sin, uh, which brings me humility, which allows me to offer grace. I think, yeah. um, so being thoughtful about that. I love that. I love that. Is that you, a good answer? Is that I, boring? I think, that's no, a, I think it's a great answer, answer because I think it's, it is the truth of the gospel, right? When I understand the depth of my sin, mm-hmm. even if I'm, even if I've been the, you know, the good, the kid, good kid. Yeah. Yeah. The death of my sin is I looked God square in the eyes and I said, I don't want you. I don't need you. Mm-hmm. I'm good on my That's own. That's right. Yeah. And when we come to the reality that we are not good on our own mm-hmm. and that we experience the, the abundance of life, it is that radical generosity of our Father in heaven yeah. that then promotes us to be generous mm-hmm. back. So yeah. I love you that. You want to share that generosity yeah. with other people, right? Yeah. Why would I keep that to myself, yeah. what I didn't earn? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so often we want to be proven to be seen as true bearers of truth. And yet mm-hmm. the one who mm-hmm. is truth mm-hmm. says, I'll wait for you. Yeah. Uh, I'll keep giving you my presence. Yeah. I'll keep, I'll keep crying out to you through my spirit. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, and I yeah. think part of what you see as, you know, like you said, we're wrapping up here, but I just this picture of a group of people who live life like that in acts, 
yeah. is mesmerizing. It's mesmerizing. Right? People around yeah. are like, well, who are these people and yeah. why are they like this? Yes. To continue to be that kind of a church is yeah. uh, pretty compelling. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, Mark, thanks for, for joining me here on the Beyond the Sermon podcast and uh, praying for you guys as you read back, dig back into the book of Acts here, dig back into this chapter, into this section, and, and ask God's Spirit to speak to you because He wants to speak to you and He wants to reveal truth about Himself and truth about who you are and truth about how you can interact well mm-hmm. in, a, in an ever-changing world for the glory of of the Father and the power of the resurrection. We will uh, we'll catch you next week on uh, the Beyond the Storm podcast. That sounds awesome. Here we go.